With the immediate future of New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara's 2023 NFL season currently uncertain, investing in running back in this year's 2023 NFL draft is an absolute must for New Orleans. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Speaking of Locked on Saints, your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you never miss a daily episode. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, here with you every Tuesday on Locked on NFL, and of course, every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're taking a look at the running backs in this class. We did a whole linebacker episode last Thursday as we go through our draft prospect sort of look every Thursday. So if you missed that, make sure you go back and check that out. Now we're focusing on running back, especially with the uncertainty around Alvin Kamara's 2023 NFL season. So we'll take a look at the finesse backs that make a little bit of sense that will have to kind of be rotational guys. We'll also take a look at the power backs who could be the bell cow types to get involved in the New Orleans Saints backfield. But first, the absolute must around running back is so prevalent that the New Orleans Saints are doing top 30 visits with the position on multiple occasions this offseason, and that means something big. So let's take a look at what the New Orleans Saints need, where they could find it, and who some of the visits are that are coming up, and how they can end up fitting into what the New Orleans Saints needs are at the position. So to start us off, let's just recap sort of where the Saints currently are when it comes to their running back position. So you have that running back room that includes, uh, of course, Alvin Kamara. The big question mark around Alvin Kamara is for how many gains will he or won't he be available in 2023 with his continuing uh, legal situation still kind of hanging in the balance. This is the altercation or at least alleged altercation, although there's video and all these other things, but alleged altercation that took place between him and a group of folks in Vegas and another guy. And there's a whole bunch of different things that are going on all around it, but basically that has been continued and continued and continued or postponed and postponed and postponed in, you know, my terms. And then the trial is finally set for July 31st. Now, keep in mind that the NFL's code of conduct policy stipulates that any type of violent acts or any type of alleged altercations, things like that, that include elements of violence are usually met with what is what is called a at least a six game suspension. So six games being the minimum. And remember that the NFL's investigation won't start to take place until after the legal process has wrapped up, which of course won't wrap up any sooner than July 31st, partway through camp when that trial is actually set currently, or at least the trial date is presently set for that. So when you look at that and you keep that in mind, you have to figure, okay, so there's a chance here that Alvin Kamara misses at least six games in 2023. How many games Will he miss Max? Well, that kind of depends. I mean, you look at Deshaun Watson, he missed 11 games with his suspension in 2022. Does Alvin Kamara really deserve to be 
suspended for longer than Deshaun Watson? I don't think so, but we'll see what the NFL actually does uh, there, who, of course, have the quote unquote, I don't even want to I don't even want to be sarcastic. So I'm just going to be I'm just going to keep it real, who have been incredibly inconsistent when it comes to discipline across the NFL and what they choose to discipline versus what they choose not to discipline. And I, 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 I don't think that that's a hot take at all. So we'll see what happens, especially knowing that the New Orleans Saints are involved here. So that's sort of the big issue that the Saints need to fix this offseason. Now, they've addressed running back a little bit. They went and got Eno Benjamin off of waivers last year because they claimed him off of waivers as opposed to waiting for him to you know completely come off the waiver wire and then sign him to a new deal. They effectively absorbed the contract that he was already under. Same thing happened when he got picked up by the Texans after he was sort of inexplicably waived last year by the Arizona Cardinals. So the Saints picked up not only Eno Benjamin for the rest of 2022 when they signed him, but also his 2023 year on his rookie deal. So he's still in the building. And then, of course, the New Orleans Saints signed the one, the only Jamal Williams, who had 17 rushing touchdowns, NFL leader last year in 2022, to that uh, room as well. Uh, and, and adding Jamal Williams to Alvin Kamara, fantastic compliment. But how many games are they really going to get together? Now, Jamal Williams is on a three-year deal here in New Orleans, so maybe you don't get them together a bunch in 2023, potentially, but in 2024, 2025, we'll see how that all ends up uh, uh, kind of panning out. So when you look at potentially adding another running back this offseason, there were some options in free agency, um, guys like you know Rashad Penny, who ended up signing elsewhere, David Montgomery, who actually ended up signing in Detroit, was one of the reasons that Jamal Williams became available or was kind of those two things might have been happening in concert. And then once Jamal Williams decided he wasn't going to be back or, you know, he kind of he kind of referenced that the negotiations in Detroit were were, quote, disrespectful. And I reached out for further clarification with some people in the know on that. And, you know, it wasn't really about the money. It was kind of about how the situation was handled. So it kind of makes you question where were the Lions? How far were they down the road with David Montgomery before they were ready to kind of pull the trigger on uh, Jamal Williams or let Jamal Williams walk. So that's kind of me piecing things together more than it is like actual news, but it's interesting nonetheless. And so the Saints end up signing Jamal Williams over the course of the offseason. Now they could still stand to add another back or two going into camp. And we know that the Saints do this all the time, whether it be through the draft, undrafted free agency, and post-draft free agency, bringing in veteran running backs. They do this all the time. So they have two visits so far lined up in terms of top 30 visits at the position. Dwayne McBride out of uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, who we'll speak on here in just a moment. But I want to introduce you to Kendra Miller, the running back out of TCU, who's one of my favorite running back prospects this year in what is an absolutely loaded running back class. So just to introduce you to him a little bit, we're talking about a guy who's 5'11", 215 pounds, ran for over uh, 1,300 yards last year, very nearly 1,400 yards with TCU. And that was, of course, a TCU team that made it all the way to the national championship, had 17 rushing touchdowns, averaged uh, 6.2 yards per carry, and then added an additional 116 receiving yards. Um, his contributions in the passing game are very limited, but when you look at his qualities as a runner, particularly between the tackles, there's a lot of appeal there. He's a patient runner waiting for blocking and blocks in front of him to continue to develop. Think about kind of Le'Veon Bell's early Steelers days, that patient sitting in the back, letting things develop, and then utilizing vision to be able to uh, take advantage of, of what becomes available. And Kendra Miller is one of these, uh, Kendra, excuse me, Miller is one of these other guys that's really elusive in terms of working his way through traffic and working his way through contact, 
even though he's not a super agile, you know, try to juke you out of your shoes, spin move, all those kinds of things that you would like to see from a running back in Madden, for instance, things like that. A really, really good decision maker that goes to uh, that goes in concert with his patience at the line of scrimmage. Really fantastic vision, trusts his instincts, which is good because his vision and instincts are tip top. They're really, really good. Um, really good between the tackles, but the lack of speed that he has in terms of his, let's just call it, you know, quick engage speed, where he's immediately working full speed, um, lacks a little bit. So him getting around corners and things like that might be a little bit of a challenge for him at the NFL level, where the game is bigger but also faster. So seeing him between the tackles is probably what you would see for him at the next level. However, his contact balance is absolutely outstanding. Him working through contact, all of those things. So a little bit of Alvin Kamara in there. So he's going to struggle a little bit to get outside. Some people have questioned his breakaway speed, but if you watch the Texas Tech game, I dare say there's a little bit of breakaway speed there. Just does it translate to the NFL speed? We'll have to see. Uh, and of course, that passing game production is a little bit down as well. And that's kind of the story of this 2023 running back class in this year's NFL draft. It's really, really talented. It's really, really talented. But there's a lot of this or that as opposed to a lot of all around backs. So there are the backs that are the power backs that you know can be your bell cow guys. And then there's a rotational third down pass catching backs, the more versatile, maybe finesse guys that you're looking for, but not a lot of blends of both. And maybe Kendra Miller gets there a little bit because of that contact balance and his ability to run through contact. But really, the big thing that you're looking at for him is what can he do between the tackles at the next level? Very likely third, fourth round, maybe early day three type of guy. So now that we've kind of been introduced to Kendra Miller and understand kind of what his fit could be in New Orleans, let's take a look at the power backs in this year's draft. I got four for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are on the way, and it is now the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is super safe, super simple to use, and of course, uh, secure as well. So uh, you want to check it out, and especially if you're a new customer, you're going to want to check this out and not miss it because you're going to be able to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets that come back to you if your first bet doesn't win, which means it's impossible to lose with your first FanDuel bet. All you have to do is download that Fan uh, FanDuel Sportsbook app, and then you can start getting into everything from the money line to uh, point scores to threes drained when it comes to the NBA and much more, even win totals. New Orleans Saints right now, nine and a half wins is the over-under for their 2023 NFL season. FanDuel believing very much in Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints. Plus, you can combine a whole bunch of stuff in those in those single games as well for what they call a same-game parlay, which gives you an opportunity for an even bigger payout. So don't miss your chance for your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Want to give another quick shout out to, to Locked on LSU doing some phenomenal work. Make sure you go and check out Caroline Fenton. Shout out to the Locked uh, to the locked on LSU women's basketball team, just to the 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 LSU women's basketball team. However, uh, go and check out the great work that Caroline is doing. So I want to take a look at now the power backs that the New Orleans Saints could potentially invest in in this year's NFL draft, and why the Saints could 
invest in that position. Um, thanks so much as always. Make it locked on Saints your first listen of the day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, why would the New Orleans Saints invest in a power back in this year's draft? Uh, I think, you know, you bring in uh, Jamal Williams, and I'm super excited to see what he does in the black and gold. But I think that the idea here with Jamal Williams is that, yes, he's a power back, but they will try to use him in a bunch of different ways. And so maybe having another, especially if Alvin Kamara does miss time in 2023. So maybe having another younger power back to work with Jamal Williams isn't a bad idea so that you're not running Jamal Williams up the middle all the time. And then you can kind of utilize him in a bunch of different ways. Remember, Williams during his time in Green Bay was a fantastic pass catcher, was kind of the change of pace guy with Aaron Jones. And so just because the Detroit Lions used him as a short yardage power back, and then mix him in with DeAndre Swift and all that doesn't mean that that's simply what he can do and that he's limited in that area. You could still utilize him in a bunch of different ways. So maybe having somebody that's a little bit more dedicated between the tackles allows you to maybe free up Jamal Williams to do all of the things that he's done throughout his career. We'll see if that's the approach that the Saints go. But if they were interested in doing that, there is one kind of all around guy that would be a really, really good fit here in New Orleans. And that's UCLA Zach Charbonnet. We would call him a bell cow. We would call him a power back at five at, at six foot, two hundred fourteen pounds. But he's got four five speed. He's really really explosive. Uh, he comes in on the RAS metric at eight point seven two. So he's up there and above sort of the what you would consider to be where the Saints kind of quote threshold is, even though they don't use RAS outright. Um, but he had uh, one thousand three hundred fifty nine rushing yards last year with UCLA fourteen. Uh, receiving, excuse me, rushing touchdowns, 6.9 nice yards per carry, and then added over 320 receiving yards as well. So you could see kind of the versatility of Zach Charbonnet there. And he's maybe one of the few, he's maybe one of the few in this year's class that has that, but is born and bred really a power back, his ability to run between the tackles, pick up yards after contact, all of that. So Zach Charbonnet, absolutely a guy to keep your eye out on in the second, third, fourth round. And really that's where a lot of these running backs that we're going to look at today are going to hit. I'll have a couple that are maybe fifth, sixth round, but really for the most of these guys, second, you know, two, three, four is kind of the sweet spot for the most, for the, the, the larger portion of the running back group. As we're heading into the NFL draft, we'll see if that's the truth once the NFL draft actually gets started. Because again, anyone that tells you that they know exactly how things are going to go in the NFL draft, exactly where players are going to go in the NFL draft, absolutely lying to you, unless you're talking about the three or four top guys in every year. Um, let's look next over in Texas. Bijan Robinson would be your first round selection potentially there at 29. And look, I'm not a huge fan of taking running backs in the first round, but Bijan Robinson's different. He's a blue chip guy. So if he's the pick, he's the pick. But here's another Texas running back worth your attention in Roshan Johnson. Uh, six foot, 225 pounds, 45840, a fantastic 10 yard split. Comes in on that RAS metric, actually just above, no, just below, excuse me, Zach Charbonnet at 8.64. Um, 554 rushing yards, five touchdowns, 5.9 yards per carry, added 128 receiving yards last year in Texas. Remember, he was working behind Bijan Robinson. So have we seen all of Roshan Johnson's game? I think it's safe to say we don't, we haven't yet. But when you look at the New Orleans Saints, who in the past, guys like Mark Ingram, guys like Alvin Kamara, uh, guys that they, you know, Marcus Murphy, these players that they have drafted at the running back position year in and year out, wear and tear and, 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 and career carries are a big time metric for New Orleans when you kind of look at what the prototype is. It's not necessarily just the size. It's how much tread is left on the tires after their collegiate days. And Roshan Johnson is appealing in that way. You get him into the NFL and he's got 
fresh, 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 fresh legs. And I think that makes a big difference in terms of what the New Orleans Saints could be looking at. Another guy that the New Orleans Saints have a visit scheduled with is also another power back, uh, Dwayne McBride out of the University of Auburn, uh, excuse me, University of uh, Alabama, Birmingham, my apologies, 1,713 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, 7.4 yards per carry last year, just 10 receiving yards. So you can already see that the receiving portion of this player is you know well below the threshold that you might look at in the NFL. But at 5'10", 215 pounds, doesn't have an RAS score because he hasn't gotten to do much testing this offseason. Um, and that 1,700 rushing yard, 7.4 yard per carry number, he's a power back. He is a guy that you can run between the tackles on first and second down and then send Jamal Williams out there on third and short and maybe throw him the ball as a tendency breaker, things like that. And so the other thing this protects you against is if, you know, heaven forbid, um, you know, Jamal, Jamal Williams ends up with an injury or something like that. You have this power back that can come in and kind of serve that same type of role while you'll have Eno Benjamin who will have a full training camp in the system to maybe pick up some of Alvin Kamara's playbook. So that way you kind of have some depth for Alvin Kamara built in with Eno Benjamin. And maybe now you're just building in some additional depth at running back to help with the power portion of your tandem. Uh, finally, out of Auburn, here's where I got that. Uh, Tank Bigsby, 970 rushing yards last year, 10 rushing touchdowns, 5.4 yards per carry, added 180 receiving yards as well. So not actually not bad there. 8.3 on the RAS scale, 8.31, 5'11", 210 pounds, 4'5", speed. So you can see none of these guys really with big time breakaway speed, 4'5", 3", 4'5", We don't know about Dwayne McBride yet, 4'5", and so that's kind of where these power backs, these bell cow backs kind of live. And Tank Bigsby is 100% a power back, 100% a, um, a, a bell cow back for you that can be your first and second down guy that gets involved and that you mix in and out with Jamal Williams and all that. So, so those are some of the guys to pay attention to when it comes to the power runners in this year's class. Is this all of the power runners in this year's class? Absolutely not. There are several more as well. That are going to be worth your time. But guys like Zach Charbonnet have an intriguing fit because Zach Charbonnet becomes maybe the most all around back while still being a quintessential power back at the next level. There's another all around type back. There's another couple of all around type backs in our next category, the finesse category, that is a little bit undersized, a little bit more of a finesse guy, but certainly can get everything done for you that you need. We'll discuss who that is as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at the finesse backs, running backs, in this year's class, which maybe are the guys that the NF, uh, that the New Orleans Saints may be a little bit more interested in, although the top 30 visits tend to say otherwise, right? Kendra Miller, Dwayne McBride, those are more power guys. Uh, but there are a couple of all-around guys in this category in terms of the finesse fit, which would be maybe the more immediate Alvin Kamara replacement, the guy that you can have on the field in third down. He's the one you're taking Jamal Williams off the field for in a third and five type situation, or that you're partnering up with Jamal Williams out of the backfield as well. So there's a couple of different guys here. Let's start off with the hometown guy, Tajay Spears. We've talked about him a ton here on the show. I'll get through this pretty quick, but 1,591 rushing yards, over a thousand of those yards coming in after contact that put him in the top five, top three across the nation uh, when it came to that category. Also had uh, 60 plus missed tackles forced according to pro football focus. 
19 rushing touchdowns in 2022, including a four rushing touchdown Cotton Bowl record setting performance against USC. So a legitimate, you know, don't worry about competition level, right? Tui Topolotu is a guy on that defensive line that could be a first round selection, that could be a second round selection. Uh, 6.9 nice yards per carry, 256 receiving yards as well. It stands at five foot nine, 204 pounds, so a little bit undersized. But if he gets that 209 pounds, 204 pounds up to 210, 215, then all of a sudden he's kind of in a really unique category. Uh, 447 to 45 was kind of the estimation from the scouts at Tulane's Pro Day. That's a number that the NFL scouts gave us. Uh, and he has a, a RES score. If you're an RES score believer in terms of the correlation between RES and the New Orleans Saints drafting, not good news here. 7.46, but RES also has his 40 yard dash at 4454, uh, four, as opposed to in that 44745 range that the NFL scouts told us uh, at Tulane's Pro Day. But you want to run between the tackles, he can do that. He's got the speed to get around the edge. Fantastic pass catcher for you as well. Uh, he and uh, coach. Uh, Joel Thomas, New Orleans Saints running back coach, did some routes on air while other folks were, you know, other Tulane players were finishing up their drills and workouts and things like that. And he just put him through the ringer because I'm not talking about like a couple of flares here, a little out route here, things like that. I mean, he had this dude running Texas routes, posts, corners, all these other things that was a little bit more of an expansive route tree, a lot of different cuts and, and, and double cuts, double moves, things like that. That Thomas was work, Coach Thomas was working on Tajay Spears with, and I thought Tajay did a wonderful job with all of them. So, um, you know, and 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 Coach Thomas was up close, personal, watching the whole thing. Dennis Allen was there, Mickey Loomis was there, everybody was there at that uh, Tulane pro day. So, Tajay Spears absolutely somebody worth keeping an eye out on. But if you're an RAS believer, you might have a little bit of question mark here. Um, next up, that kind of fits the all around category, but certainly much more of a finesse back. Um, Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama at five foot nine, 199 pounds, probably don't want to run him between the tackles too very much at the next level, but that four, three, six speed and also plus measurables in the 20 and 10 yard splits, his 8.03, um, uh, RAS score puts him within the threshold for the new Orleans saints as well. Uh, 926 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, 6.1 yards per carry, 444 receiving yards had, I believe, the most receptions of any Alabama player last year as well. And so not only was he their best running back, he was their best receiver. And so he's a guy that you can put in the slot, that you can do a bunch of different things with, have him run and motion out from the backfield or motion into the backfield, create mismatches, all that. I love the fit of Jameer Gibbs in New Orleans. I'm just going to be honest. Um, I love Tajay Spears' fit as well. And you love to see the hometown guy stay home. But man, Jameer Gibbs is one of those kids that you just watch him and it go, you see, okay, I get it. I see it a hundred percent. Like I test all of that. Uh, much like Spears, five foot nine, but coming in at 199 pounds, a little bit underweight, but let's not forget that these kids, these guys are not finished products at all. They get into the NFL and then there's opportunity once they get into NFL facilities to continue to bulk up. Speaking of bulking up, one guy that doesn't need to bulk up, but you would think would need to, especially running four, three, nine unofficial at his pro day is Pittsburgh running back Israel Abanacanda. So while Tajay Spears is kind of a second, third round guy to me, Jameer Gibbs is kind of a first, second round guy to me. Israel Abanacanda is a little bit more into day three, third, fourth, fifth round. And so 1,431 receiving yards, or excuse me, rushing yards, 20 rushing touchdowns, 5.9 yards per carry, added 146 receiving yards, has a track background, like true track speed, 
216 pounds. What he does at that size is absolutely outstanding. Remember, Alvin Kamara is like 5'11", 215, 220 pounds, and he ran, I think, in the four fives. When he ran his 40, this guy's running at 439 unofficial. That's absolutely insane. And also jumping 41 inches in the air, big time vertical as well. So that shows you the explosion that he has. So not only can you, you know, can can you kind of, you know, just hand the ball off to him, but his first step and his ability to get sort of that 216 pound behind moving with the ball in his hands is really, really good. And so that's why you look at things like vertical and broad jump when it comes to the running back spot, because you want to know how explosive are these cats once they get the ball in their hands. And Israel Abanacanda is one of the most explosive. 9.88 RAS score, near perfect. Really, really good stuff. A guy that I really like in this year's class. A guy that I really like for the New Orleans Saints. And is much a little bit later so that if Tajay Spears comes off the board you know, earlier than you expect or you can't grab a Jameer Gibbs or maybe you're worried about Jameer Gibbs' size but you want something similar in terms of that production, Israel Abanacanda checks a lot of the same boxes but with better size at 216 pounds. And finally, we'll wrap up here with Chase Brown, the running back out of Illinois, 1,646 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, five yards per catch or per carry even, but also added 240 receiving yards. So he gives you pass game value, gives you run game value at five foot nine, 204 pounds or 209 pounds, excuse me. He's another, you know, he kind of puts him right in that same class as Tajay Spears. But these are the, this is the build of this style of running back in this year's class of the sort of versatile slash finesse guys. 4.43 speed, really, really solid there in, ter- in terms of the 40. I had a 40-inch vertical leap as well. So similar to Israel Abanacanda, that ability to just pop off and get going is huge off that first step. Uh, 9.79 in terms of the RES score. So right up there with Israel Abanacanda in terms of relatively la- uh, relatively ranking highly amongst all of the athletic scores at his position over the course uh, of the the history of that metric. So you think about all of those guys, you can add in players like Kenny McIntosh, who's a good pass catcher, but also a fantastic pass blocker. Um, you know, you look at other, you know, players like uh, Deuce Vaughn, who's massively undersized, but man, is he awesome to watch. I mean, just a mighty mouse type, not to borrow that nickname from my guy, Sam Mills, Hall of Famer. Uh, but I mean, he is one of those guys that plays so, like no one told him he's small. Like that's that's his attitude, right? So there's there's a bunch of these other guys in this year's draft that, man, it just makes a ton of sense for the Saints to really take the time to invest in running back in this year's NFL draft because there's so many really, really good players at the position. It's kind of like tight end, right? Like, do you really want to miss out on this class of running backs? Like you should partake in this class of running backs for sure. We'll see if the New Orleans Saints do, but there's a lot of really, really good fits. Of today's kind of group, the players that I think are the best fits, Zach Charbonnet, Tajay Spears, Jameer Gibbs, Israel Abanacander, kind of my top four in terms of fit for the New Orleans Saints. Bijan Robinson's up there as well, but I assume that he'll be out of range for them. Uh, but again, like we mentioned, if anybody tells you that they know exactly when somebody's going to go, that's not the NFL team that's picking number one on the board. They're lying to you. So we have no idea. Uh, so if I had to go top five in no particular order, Bijan Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, Tajay Spears, Jameer Gibbs, Israel Abanacander, and then Roshan Johnson's a close six, just knowing how much the New Orleans Saints love drafting running backs that don't have a ton of tread on the tire. All right, coming up tomorrow, it's Friday. So that means that we're going to get you caught up with everything you need to know from the New Orleans Saints busy week, which you caught up on new visits 
that are all clocked in for New Orleans for uh, some potential uh, draft prospects and also get you caught up on uh, some other news around the New Orleans Saints, how they could still end up signing Foster Moreau in case you missed that yesterday and the newest re-signing of Andrew Dowell and what he says he has to bring to the New Orleans Saints in 2023. Got that coming up for you in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Saints. And I appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Make sure you go and check out Locked on NFL Scouting. Make sure you check out Locked on LSU. Make sure you check out Jake Madison over at Locked on Pelicans as well. Headed to the Pelicans game tonight. So holla at me if you see me, although you'll actually see this after the game. So never mind. But I'll be there Friday night too. So make sure you say hi. All right, y'all. I appreciate you as always for making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.